Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. Today we have with us a very special guest. Joanna Penn is a best-selling author of over 30 books, both fiction and nonfiction. She's an international speaker, an award-winning entrepreneur based in Bath, England. Her site TheCreativePen.com helps authors with creativity, writing, publishing, book marketing, and creative entrepreneurship. It has been voted one of the top 100 sites for authors by Writer's Digest. Joanna also hosts an award-winning podcast, The Creative Pen. Welcome, Joanna. Oh, thanks for having me, Claudine. I'm happy to be here. Wow, this is so exciting. Okay, so... Uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, Joanna, is because your podcast, which is so popular, is on helping authors to write their books, get it out there, market it. And we have so many guests on our show who are experts and who want to write a book and have no idea how to get going. So I'm wondering if you find that sometimes they jump into publishing and they already have their book going and then they realize, oh my, I need to market this book. Is that something that you find? Well, yes, and it definitely happened to me. So sort of way back in sort of 2007, when I first did my first nonfiction book, and uh, I learned about self-publishing. This was before the Kindle. This was, you know, in the sort of early days of doing that. And I, I, printed books because I thought, well, I can sell these. I'm sure all I'll have to do is go on the media and people will buy them and I'll change people's lives and I'll make a million dollars and I can retire <laughs> off this one book and all the things that people think when they write their first book. And uh, what happened was I got, you know, I was in Australia at the time. I got on national TV. I got in the papers. This was kind of before podcasting. And um, I only sold a couple of hundred books. And that made me stop and think, right, well, why is is this what what is the problem here and that was around the time when blogging started to take off and i started to learn about online marketing and you you you'll like this because i'm british as you can tell by my accent i was living in <laughs> australia and i looked at america and i went i gotta reach americans with my book this is my plan because there's the 600 700 million people in america that has got to be a better market than 20 million in australia so i decided that i would um, try and market my books to Americans. And so I started to learn digital marketing. And so that decision really just changed my life. And as I said, that was back in 2007, 2008. And all these years later, I still use many of the same principles of marketing at the basis of what I do to sell my books now. So it was that realization that writing a book is not enough. How do I reach the people who will be interested? And now I've actually I've sold books in over 170 countries 
countries. So this is a, a good principle for the listeners is you don't have to think about just selling books in your to your local bookstore, for example. You can really reach people all over the world with your writing. And I think it's just getting better and better for authors. So I want to encourage people, you can reach different people with your books um, uh, in different places at different times if you really do think about digital marketing first. Yes, and definitely better for authors to get their book out there. But also, I find, Joanna, more complicated. Uh, in what way? In terms of, I can do an ebook, I could do a print book, I could do an audio book, I could do all three, I can, I can market to um, libraries, I can market to bookstores, I can market to none of those places, I could just market, you know, online. So many choices, so many different avenues to take. Yes, and I think that to me is why it's so exciting to be an author because, and I, I, I separate in my mind, I separate publishing to marketing. So, for example, putting out an ebook, that to me is publishing. You can put your book on Amazon. Uh, if you don't do any marketing, you can still put your book on Amazon and nobody's going to buy it. <laughs> but <laughs> publishing to me is completely separate to marketing. So, um, just sort of focusing on uh, both, well, I guess both of those choices. As an author these days, you do have to make some choices, but that is empowerment of you as a creator. And that is also amazing because it used to be there was only one route to market, which was get an agent, get a publisher, um, they might take you to a bookstore, and that was it. And realistically, authors didn't have any choice. They had no power. They couldn't make money the way we can now. It was all in the hands of other people. And now we're in this very empowering, independent creator movement where you get to make the choices. And that to me is, well, it's, it's kind of a miracle. But you can choose to license. So, for example, I've licensed some foreign rights to publishers in other countries. Um, I've done audiobook deals. Like You don't have to do either or. What you do have to do is think about what you want. So for both publishing and for marketing, it's uh, thinking about, okay, so who am I as a person? So for example, I'm an introvert. So I, I really like being on my own. I don't like being in big groups, for example. So I don't do many live events at all. I hate pitching people. So I'm never going to pitch journalists, for, ex for example. Um, whereas what I do like is creating stuff. Uh, so podcasting is one of my main marketing channels. I like putting stuff out in the world and then people find me. So you found me. I didn't pitch you for this interview. You found me. So I'd be, be interested to, to know how did you find me? Oh, wow. Okay. So I love podcasts and I searched book marketing in the search um, field of podcasts on my iPhone and I found you right away. There we go. So this is a really good point. So uh, search engines. So you used an audio search engine. Maybe it was it Apple podcast or it, Spotify? Or? It was. It was Apple. Yes. Apple podcast. Right. So basically audio now is indexed. So whatever you're writing. So people listening, uh, if you're writing a book. So, for example, I did a podcast on Jungian um, dream theory, which kind of tied into one of my novels, um, uh, Stone of Fire. And so I'm indexed on the audio search engines around Jungian psychology as well. 
well. And this is what's so fascinating now with audio. Again, this didn't happen when there was only radio stations, but now we've got these audio search engines as well as other ones, same on social media. So to me, this is the marketing I love. I love the fact that I could just put stuff out onto the internet and you found me. Um, and so that's what I want to encourage people. So, so one of these decisions is what type of person am I? What do I like doing? There are some people who love, love, love pitching for PR, who love going on TV, who love video, who love Facebook. I, I don't love any of those things. So I, cho I choose to do things differently. So everyone gets to choose their path. It's like a choose your own adventure through publishing, through book marketing, through how you want to make a living. And for me, this is a, my business as well as my passion. So I make choices around you know making money as well as creative choices and marketing. To me, I guess I just choose the channels that work best for my personality and also my book. So I want people to think about it as an empowering decision through this, um, through the, through these paths rather than a difficult one. You're so positive. I love that. So you look at it as, oh my gosh, there are all these choices and it's very exciting and, and you can pick. I look at it, you know, my background is accounting. I look at it and I think, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all of these things? And you're saying you don't have to do all of those things. Exactly. And this is a really important point. And um, as I was saying to you before we started recording, you do a lot of things. So it's possible that but, you know, your personality is someone who and multi-passionate creators, you know, I understand I am one too. But what our biggest difficulty is, is taking on too much. And so what we have to do is learn to say no more. And I think this is a really difficult thing. I know I find it difficult. I have to say no a lot. Um, but we have to say no because we've got a lot of things to do. You know, if I, if I say no to another um, speaking event, then maybe I can get some more words written on my next book or I can say no to like I have a YouTube channel and I used to do videos but now I say no to video and I focus on audio uh, because that's more important to me and I say no to TikTok <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I say yes to Twitter because I've been on Twitter since 2009 uh, I say yes to podcasting and I you know so what you have to think about is what if it's more difficult to say yes to things then say what can I say no to and this is where it comes back to what I what are you trying to achieve what do you want to do with all of this what is the point like literally what is the point in this thing I'm trying to do why do I want to do book marketing is it because I want to uh, reach more readers well if it is well just put your book up on Amazon put it in Kindle Unlimited set it to free and don't do any marketing just leave it up there if you actually want to make some money then you have to do things a bit differently um so that's what i would say also in terms of content marketing like we're doing here it's really important to think about the audience and what you want the audience to do so you know ideally i'd like people listening to come over to my podcast the creative pen podcast because it's audio we're on audio so that's kind of what i think yes so that's what i think in terms of the uh, the choices that you have to make but yes it can feel overwhelming but then i don't know life is overwhelming isn't it we all have to choose how we spend our time 
Yeah, it absolutely is. We're, we're glad that you chose to spend some time with us. And you're right. There is a limited amount of time and you do have to focus. Your positivity, though, I'm wondering where where does that come from? Because it exudes from your podcast. That's one of the reasons that I love to listen to it, because you're very positive and you bring very pertinent, great information that I can take and use almost immediately. So wh- where does that positivity come from? Uh, well, I think I'm naturally a kind of positive, happy person. That would be one thing. Uh, but also, I before I did this as my job, I used to, I mean, you mentioned accounting. I used to implement accounts payable into um, corporates. You know, my job was something that I did not love. In fact, I was so miserable in that job. I was, you know, a lot um, overweight. I was just unhappy. I was crying at my job. I was really miserable. And so when I decided to change my life and change my career, I wanted to do something I love and want to spend my time doing. So what I guess that's the other thing. I really, really love my job. I love being an author. I love running my own business. Um, I love I love podcasting. I love helping people. I like making money with my books. Um, so all of these things make it actually very easy for me to be happy and positive. And like I said, I I really do think this is the best time in history to be an author. We're so empowered by the internet to do what we want to do. Um, so that would be another reason. The third reason is that I also understand branding. And this is something that you learn over time. But my brand as Joanna Penn, and you, you'll in my books, my voice is the same. My podcast is the same. It, it, my whole goal with the Creative Pen is to empower writers to write their books, to get them in the world. And so my job is as a cheerleader. So, of course, I have my down days and um, times when things are going badly or I'm struggling, but I rarely share that, at least at the time. I will try and find lessons in that and then try and reframe it in a way that helps other people later. So I'm, I guess, this is important around, yes, you must be authentic in how you do your sharing online, but it's also about how you choose to express that authenticity. So the side that I use in my Joanna Penn brand is that positive cheerleader type. Now, if people want to read my fiction as JF Penn, uh, it's it's got a different voice. And that's where I think about bigger questions, you know, around God and the meaning of life and all of that kind of thing. And I don't really bring that into my Joanna Penn brand, but this is how we get to choose our careers and how we choose what we put into the world. So I think all of those things just make me uh, generally very positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. So, and you mentioned that you did, um, was fiction where you started? And I love the idea of pivoting from a corporate career into publishing and and becoming a writer and an author. Is that something that, that you know, you, you ju- ju- dove right into, or is it something that you you eased into? Uh, well, like I guess like many people, I, I was uh, a reader first. I've always read a lot of books and I, I like writing journals. And so when back in the days, I would write a lot of journals. And when I was trying to figure out my life, I thought, well, what do I like doing? Um, I like reading. I like writing. I like traveling. How could I design a life around those things? And so that's when I started to look at, well, and I'm a, I love to learn. So I thought, well, I know I'll, I'll write a book on career change and figure out how to change my career. I didn't actually expect to become a writer. I, I started out with 
my nonfiction and I thought I might become a speaker, like a self-help speaker, like an introvert Tony Robbins kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I listened to a lot of your American self-help gurus and I thought, well, maybe that's a path for me. I could help people with changing career if I can figure, figure it out myself. So I, I started writing that first nonfiction book. And in the process of writing the book, I learned about writing and then I published it and learned about publishing. And um, then I learned about book marketing. And then I just started my blog, The Creative Pen, pen with a double M. And what happened was I just started sharing and sharing and carried on writing. And in the end, it took me five years before I could afford to leave my job. So it's not like write a book, start a blog and a podcast, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, it took five years. So in 2011, I left my job. But in that process of sharing along the way, I just leaned into it really and started writing fiction as well. And yeah, really, it's just snowballed. So for the last, I guess, almost 15 years now, I've just taken the next step. And, and that's another thing for people to remember is, um, you know, you're interviewing me now in 2022. This is not, you're not interviewing the person I was in 2007 when I was writing that first book. You, <laughs> you wouldn't have got anything coherent out of me back then. <laughs> and obviously a lot of this takes practice. So writing takes practice, publishing takes practice, marketing takes practice, but you know, life's a journey and what else do you want to do with your time? <laughs> Exactly. And and that comes through as well, your love of learning, because your podcast isn't just about one, each episode isn't just one particular subject. You also seem to share a bit about yourself and your family. Did Was that something that organically came along? Well, it's funny, this is the myth of uh, podcasting, uh, especially interviewing people. And this is, you know, tip for you as well. People come back to a podcast for the host. So new people might come to listen to on a topic, but people connect with a host in some way. Maybe there's something that they resonate with and they only subscribe to a podcast or come back to a blog if they like the voice of the person behind it. So what happened with my podcast, as I said, I started it in 2009, back in the days before it was really called podcasting. And I interviewed people because I wanted to network and wanted to learn. And then someone interviewed, uh, e emailed me one day and said, can you maybe talk about your journey as a writer just in the intro of the show? And I was like, oh, people want to know about me. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. And so I did. I started sharing just a little bit in the intro to the show. And then and now what's really funny is most of the people who've been listening to the show for, you know, what, more than a decade <laughs> because yes. it's been that long. Yes. And I'm on episode, what, 650 or something. Wow. Um, that was one of my you know, questions. 650. Whoa. Yeah. Something like that. Um, March 2009 was when I started um, the podcast. But they, most people now come back for the introduction and they may or may not stick around for the interview because they're interested in what I've learned in the week or uh, something I've read or an audiobook I've listened to or kind of what I'm learning on my journey. And so this is this is the discovery I found is that actually people connect with people. And this is why people read fiction. You know, they want to connect with a character. And our podcast, they're like a slice of our life. And so by sharing snippets of our life, we people can see behind the curtain and they feel connected with us. And yeah, I, so I guess I've become more open and honest over time and learned that I can help people by sharing my own journey, what, whatever that is um, during the week. Yeah, the other thing I like about your podcast is that you you kind of do the work that 
we don't have time to do in terms of what's going on in the industry. And, and that's very, very helpful as a listener, too, because I don't have the time to look at all of the industry journals and the trade journals to find out what's latest. And I love that part. Mm, well, that's another tip, because um, this is the thing with podcasting as a medium, uh, You, with an article on your website, people come along, they read the article, and then they'll, they might subscribe to your email list, but they might just disappear. If you have a podcast, which is an episodic show, so I, mine is every Monday, uh, weekly on a Monday, you have to give people reasons to come back every week. And like I said, it can't just be the topic of the interview. And so, as you said, I mean, I do industry news, things that are happening, and then I do my personal insights. And sometimes my introduction is half an hour, you know, with all the news and the personal stuff. And then I'll do the interview, which might be another 40, 45 minutes. And so that to me, it gives people reason to come back, a reason to listen, because they're like, oh, I wonder what's happening in the news. I know that Joanna covers that. So I'll pop on in and and listen and, and then, um, you know, can stick around or not. That's what is so brilliant about podcasting. People can just choose when they listen. Um, but yeah, it is interesting though. People... <laughs> People email me sometimes and say, I just listened to your entire backlist in reverse order. So I just, <laughs> so they start, you know, start now and they go back and back and back. And they said it's weird because they get the sort of history of the last decade of, of publishing um, backwards. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm wondering if you, I know podcasts, you, you, they have statistics. I'm wondering if you can share or want to share one of the most popular subjects on your podcast to date. Oh, I don't look at topics no. like that. No, no, okay. I don't. I mean, I I have something like seven point five million downloads <laughs> across two hundred plus countries. Yeah, it's That's too bad I it's not about. working out for you. Too, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think you know, in terms of topic, well, this is another thing. I wouldn't be doing this anymore unless I focused on what I'm interested in. So basically. I only do interviews with people I'm interested in or topics I'm interested in. I don't do things otherwise. So I don't actually drive my content based on what might have been popular. I drive it on what I'm interested in or people that I'm interested in. And that, I think that's the job of a curator. And people don't know what they want until you offer it to them, mm. I think. And as I said, it, it's very much about a personal spin on a situation, you know, um, like, you know, coming back to book marketing, there are millions of people talking about book marketing on the internet. We have to be able to come up with our own angle on a topic. Um, you know, we have to do that if we're writing a book, we have to do that. However, it has to be our voice. It has to be our spin on whatever the topic is. Awesome. Okay. And now in the time we have left, Joanna, I wanted to go to your fiction writing. See, I would and then go back to book marketing. I, I just uh, found it curious that you started with nonfiction and went to fiction. I would have assumed that you started with fiction and went to nonfiction. So tell us about that. Tell us about your fiction books. Oh, I don't know why you would have made that assumption because fiction is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, I guess I thought maybe you, you published a book, a fiction book. And and then you thought, you know what, I'm learning all this about book marketing, I'm going to write this nonfiction book, but... 
No, no. So, you no, know, that first book was on career change. So it, it, it's it. still, I, I rewrote it in 2012. So it's out there. It's called Career Change. And it is about basically trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. So that was the first book. And then I started, and that wasn't for authors, you know, that was for people who are miserable in their jobs. Um, so I wrote that book. And then I, as he said, I started, I found an audience in people who wanted to self-publish. And so I started sharing that too. But um, yeah, so I started writing fiction in 2009 and put out my first novel in 2011. And basically I've put out a novel or a novel and a novella sort of every year since, um, or a couple of novels, some years, some years are good, some years are not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, I mean, I just... I felt very early on that being a fiction author was something that I could never do, Uh, particularly in my job. I just didn't feel creative enough to write fiction. But what I found is that it's like a a muscle. Creativity is like a muscle. You have to lean into it and keep practicing and it will come. And now I I just can't get away from the ideas. But actually, my next nonfiction book, as we record this, I'm just formatting it in the moment, is called How to Write a Novel. Mm. And finally, after all this time, I'm trying to sort of codify the process to, to try and help other people. But certainly, if you're in a job where you feel like your creativity is sort of stunted, like I did, it can be a big jump to go to write a novel. There's so much to learn. And I think if you've written nonfiction, there's also a ton to learn. For example, writing dialogue. This is not something that we do really as nonfiction authors. Um, Characters and emotions, and there's so much in fiction. It's a a fascinating area of of creativity, but I feel like a lot of people do want to write their novel. They might just not know how to do it, I guess. Oh, I can't wait for that book. I mean, I've heard this word inciting incident lately. This phrase is everywhere. What's your <laughs> inciting incident? I'm like, what is an exciting incident? <laughs> oh, well, that that's a that's an easy one. It's essentially something happens. <laughs> so, for example, the inciting incident <laughs> for um, you know, the pan- who declares a pandemic in was in March 2020, 2019 or whatever it was, 2020. I mean, that was an inciting incident for the whole world. To go off in a different direction right so essentially the that's what the inciting incident is it's the thing that starts the story basically got it got it okay and when you started writing fiction did you know all of the terms and all the you oh know, no nuances? you have to learn it's like another language you know it's like another it's it, all of this is a skill set and i guess that's what we can circle back to marketing is the same everything is a skill set everything has a language you know like you said you you're in in accounting accounting has a language and you understand that language because that's been your job so but you had to learn that it's not like you were born understanding accounting and i wasn't born understanding how to you know write a novel um or any i don't you know i have a degree in theology i don't have a degree in publishing or marketing or writing i've just learned that along the way so that's to encourage people you can learn all this stuff there is nothing magic about any of this stuff you can learn it and yes you have to kind of lean into your creativity but you can learn how to do that too yes absolutely i love that I love that idea. And with the so let's go back to book marketing. So with book marketing, one of the things that I have found, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, was that these because there are so many options out there to publish, a lot of authors are publishing and the books out there and then they realize they have to market the book. 
And so my question to you is, as an expert, is it too late to market the book after you've already published it, let's say, on Ingram Spark or on Amazon and it's there? Oh, no. In fact, it's much better to market a book that's been out for a while. Um, it's very hard to market a book on launch. And it, the, the launch mentality is very much traditional publishing. And the reason they have that mentality is because they usually assign a publicist for a month and then the publicist moves on to something else. Or if they do get books into bookstores, those books are only in the bookstores for a couple of weeks and then they're gone again. So that's why traditional publishing focuses on this launch spike. But we don't need to do that as uh, independent authors. Um, you know, I hit the USA Today list with um, some of my books in a box set five years after publication. Wow. So, I mean, you can, and the thing is, remember, books aren't old to the people who've just discovered them. So some of the people listening to this, hopefully, will go and look at my books as Joanna Penn or my novels as J.F. Penn, and those books are brand new to them, even if I wrote them um, a, a while ago. So, or someone might be listening to this in years to come and go, oh, how to write a novel. Uh, as we talk right now, it is not published. But what's lovely about this kind of book marketing is someone could discover this in many years years time and it will still um, have value. So I think you have to consider with book marketing that absolutely nothing is nothing is too old. I mean, look at the books um, and the songs and the, I mean, no, it, again, it's just a completely odd mindset to me. To me, we market everything we do continually and we just go, okay, well, what, what could I focus on this month or maybe I could put an advert on my first in series for my novels or maybe I could do um uh, I, I was thinking actually because <laughs> you we were doing this I had a look at my house and market a book book mm -hmm. and I was like oh I think that's quite a useful chapter so what I <laughs> often do is I take a chapter and I might just put that chapter on my site as a blog post or I might put the audio um maybe I'll put the audio chapter in my podcast feed or you know and then it will get a whole load more people buying that book so definitely look back at the books you've written in the past if you're someone who has those books what can you do to kind of bring that back to life and I mean as independent author particularly you can change your covers you can give it a new a new look if it's a, an older older book then you know give it another cover give it a little you know some advertising money perhaps and give it a push yeah, and there are there are a lot of, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here because I know it's very very complicated. Um, or there's a lot of sources out there, but resources I should say. But people who are online, and that's what they do. They offer book promotion services for a cost. Lots of different platforms, lots of different ways to do it. And I'm wondering, are there is there a way to kind of navigate that so that you're not wasting because it can cost a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a website I really recommend called Kindlepreneur. Um, and Kindlepreneur does have a list of free and paid promotional sites. So that's quite a good place to start. But I would also recommend like the ones I use over and over again, uh, Free Booksy for my free books. And obviously those are eBooks and Bargain Booksy for my books on special. And um, BookBub is uh, the other one that a lot of us use. So those are some of the top ones I would suggest. Um, what I would say is you, a lot of authors just say, oh, well, I just want someone to do it for me. And <laughs> the question is, well, do what for you? Uh, because you could hire someone to say, do your Amazon advertising is completely different to hiring someone to pitch PR 
um, you know, to newspapers or to, you know, the, or to make YouTube videos. I mean, there's so many different types of book marketing. It comes back to what we said earlier. So what is your goal with this? So when you do a free book, let's say you do a free book promotion. So Stone of Fire, which is the first of my arcane action adventure thriller series that's permanently free on all platforms so people can get it for free wherever they want and i pay money to promote that book as free but that's because it's the first in 12 book series and a certain percentage of people carry on reading and they might buy more you know 11 more books so that's the thing you have to think about well what's my goal if you're just promoting if you want to pay to promote a free book and you do not have any other books, then what is the point? So this is what you have to ask the question for all your book marketing. What is the point? What do I want to achieve? Because there's no point just selling more books. You have to think about, well, is it to make more revenue? Is it to bring more readers to my course? Is it to bring more readers to my consulting business or my accounting business or whatever it is? You have to have a reason to do everything. Otherwise, it's just pointless. <laughs> That's so great. And, and just bring it back to the reason, no matter what you're deciding to do. I wanted, I wanted to ask you about exclusivity as well. When you put your book, your ebook, let's say, on different platforms. Are there some platforms that say you can only use us and you can't put it anywhere else? Or is that that not a thing? Uh, well, there are exclusive programs. So um, Kindle Unlimited, which is um, Amazon's exclusive program, uh, essentially, it's called Kindle Unlimited for the readers. Uh, if you publish on kdp.amazon.com, there is a checkbox where you can say, yes, I want to, this to be exclusive to Amazon. There are reasons to do that. Um, but uh, personally, I, I'm i wide, what's called I publish wide. So I like to have all my books on every platform. Uh, so I don't do that. But there are lots of authors who do that. It's, it's just a matter of choice, um, depending. I mean, and you can do it per book. You can do it per format. So that that's just for ebooks, and you could put your print book everywhere. And But um, I do, if people are on these sorts of ins and outs of self-publishing, I do have another free ebook called Successful Self-Publishing. So that, again, that's free on all platforms. It's also in print and audio. I narrate the audio book. So, because um, I get these questions all the time and it's not, it's not a simple answer. So Successful Self-Publishing, if people want to sort of know all the different websites and, and things like that. There's also information on marketing in, in that book. Got it. And that and that was a little bit in the weeds question. So I'm going to come out of the weeds and uh, ask you about what else did I want to ask you about? Um, are there people who want to take advantage of authors who want to self publish and things that you should stay away from in a general oh. sense, right? Yes, of course. And I mean, there are in every industry, uh, there are good services and there are bad services. So what I would say is the Alliance of Independent Authors has a watchdog service. And uh, it's, a, it's available just on the website. So just search Alliance of Independent Authors. And they have a blog, selfpublishingadvice.org. And both of those, I mean, you can join as a member, but you can find these watchdog things um, just freely available. And essentially, they rate publishers. So there are a lot of... Um, uh, hybrid or vanity publishers, they used to be called, who charge an immense amount of money for services that essentially are free. So it's free to publish on Amazon. 
It's free to publish on Kobo. It's free to publish on Apple. Um, it's it's free. It's free to do most of this stuff. <laughs> but of course, those of us who do it, you know, I pay a book cover designer to get professional book cover design. I pay um, freelance editor to make my books the best they can be. But the actual publishing bit is free. Um, as you know, it's it's free to do a podcast. It's free to do a YouTube channel. It's free to go on social media. So there's lots of things you can do for free. But if you want your book to be good, then you are going to pay for services like editing, cover design. But this is where if you are part of the indie author community, so um, on my website, The Creative Pen, or like I mentioned, the Alliance of Independent Authors, we give lots of advice. We are all authors. So I, Joanna Penn, I do not provide um, consulting. I don't provide publishing. I don't provide any services at all to authors. So I kind of just count as someone who is an author (laughs) and and the same the Alliance of Independent Authors are authors and the only service they offer is being an organization of authors rather than anything else so that's the thing you have to look at if you're assessing people I mean although we should also acknowledge there are loads of amazing people offering amazing services for authors so the main thing is to be part of the community and to ask other people um, what they're doing get recommendations it's a and if people listening if you don't know any authors if you're not in the community you can join communities on Facebook you can listen to podcasts you can um, join the alliance and you can learn all this stuff so yeah just ask other people that's probably the best thing yes and you you have amazing resources not just your podcast uh, which is free as you mentioned but also uh, all the books that you've published so tell us you you said you get questions all the time um, where would you tell someone to start with book marketing and what do you provide to help them specifically Right. Well, um, on the creativepen.com, there's um, you can go there and you can go to the marketing page and there's a whole load of marketing tips and help again for free. Um, how to market a book. My book is available in all the usual places and uh, in all the usual formats. And that is a kind of overview of book marketing um, from the perspective of I mean, it's useful if you're independently published as well, but the attitude is really taking control of it yourself. So you do have to sort of come in with an attitude of, all right, I am going to do this. (laughs) But yeah, so both of those. And then um, obviously on the podcast, I've got loads of um, interviews with people on different things. And, And what I sort of coming back to why it's really about spending the time as an individual thinking about why you want to do it how how it's sustainable for you this is another thing again you only found me many years after i started doing this so whatever you choose for marketing you have to think about the long term because that's when it's most effective sure you could pay someone $500 right now to put some ads on your book and hey maybe you'll go up the charts but the amazon charts change every hour so sure you might hit some bestseller list this hour and then next hour it's all gone again so i i tend to focus more on this kind of longer term marketing that helps sell fiction and nonfiction uh for the long term but um yeah those are some places no that's amazing advice especially for someone who's getting started and also you have some um training opportunities on your website uh that's the creative pen two ends.com um i love that idea too because people are very used to that now with uh, with covid they're learning more online tell us about those programs 
Uh, I don't really call them programs because they are just courses that people can take at their own pace. And uh, I do have lots of different ones from how to write a novel to the AI assisted author um, to sort of productivity and your author business plan and lots of different things that essentially, as I said before, as people ask me questions, I just tend to write it all down and produce a course on the topic. And, <laughs> and then when people ask me questions, I'm like, yeah, I've written a book on that. It's over there <laughs> so that I can get on with writing other books and um, doing other things. So yeah, I do just try and um, have resources for people that range from free to not too expensive so yeah come on over and, and have a look and um the best place if people have any questions the best place for me is twitter at the creative pen with a double n that's um a good place to get me or if you uh, sign up on my website then then you'll get my email as well fantastic thank you so much and thanks for offering practical and and great advice for authors uh, existing authors aspiring authors and um, on marketing we really appreciate it Joanna you are fantastic so tell us what's going on next for you what's your latest uh, well I'm, as I said I'm in the formatting stage for how to write a novel so that one's coming out um, and actually just before this call I was working on a short story that I've had in my head and I've got um, I'll be getting back to another novel soon I'm also writing a, tra a travel memoir about pilgrimage which so I'm really sort of super busy as ever but this is the thing uh, and once you start writing if you get the bug then you just can't stop. <laughs> I love that. And that's that that's a great a piece of experience to share as well. That once you get started, you don't want to stop. Wow, a travel guide. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, well, I do have another podcast called Books and Travel, oh. uh, where I, I share all my because I travel, as I said at the, earlier, you know, I wanted to read, write and travel. So I bring my travel into my fiction. It inspires all my plots. And um, and now I've started this other podcast and sort of getting into doing more memoir and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we we expand as we as we grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. And thank you so much for being with us and sharing your expertise. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Claudine. Fantastic. You've been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Walk, my Substack account, claudinewalk.substack.com. Sign up for my newsletter today.